And it was honestly the first season of really trusting myself, of looking crazy to some people in the outer world, like, hi, two mortgages and no job. But it was listening to my guidance and going like, all I need to know is the next right step. Next right step. That's it. Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach. And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm super excited to bring you my guest this week, Carrie Veach. She is a high performance and mindset coach. She's also a digital nomad, so you never really know where you're going to find her. And I loved connecting with her. We talked a lot about her life as a therapist before she became a coach and how her work as a coach has really helped her clients to grow their businesses exponentially. She talks about also the importance of how celebrations and giving gratitude as your business grows is a critical part of the growth in any business. And she gives us great strategies for dealing with your inner critic. What I love about Carrie is that she stays humble, even though she's had a lot of success in her business in a short time. And something she said that really made sense to me is that we teach often what we need to work on. I find that's true in my own life and in my own business too. And often I interview guests that I need to learn from at exactly the right moment. And I have to say, I learned so much from Carrie in this interview, and I'm sure that you will as well. Now, before we get into things with Carrie, I wanted to share with you some of the changes in the upcoming programming that I'd shared in previous podcast episodes. My business partner, Kathy Skelter, and I were going to run an Elevate Your Mental Wellbeing program for the end of January and February, and we both come across some personal and family challenges that have made it so that we are no longer able to effectively run this program for our clients for the next four weeks. I apologize if you had already enrolled for this program, we've already connected and I've made that change. But if you're listening to another episode and you hear about the program, please understand that we've had to postpone it for this time. What I'm planning to do are a couple of fun events in February. So we're going to do our first ever Galentine's Day spa event that you do from home. That's going to be on February 13th, and you can check it out under the wellness programs at wakeupwithgratitude.com. I'll share it there, or you can check out our Facebook page um, for The Grateful Squad because I'm going to be running it with my team at The Grateful Squad. And I'm also going to be working closely with Erin Martin, who was a guest on a previous podcast episode, and she is running a one-day women's wellness retreat. Again, something you can do from the comfort of your own home. So stay tuned for details about that as well, as I'm going to be one of the keynote speakers for this retreat. 
So there's lots of fun stuff going on. If you want to make sure that you know exactly what's happening with Wake Up With Gratitude and different programs and offerings that we have, simply visit bit.ly, that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude love and letter are all capitalized. And that is my weekly gratitude love letter where I update you on all these programming changes that we have. At the same time, you can also grab new episodes of the podcast and you'll get a free gratitude meditation to download just for signing up. The link is in the show notes and it's again, it's bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. Now let's please welcome Carrie Veach of Set Yourself Free to the podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boye, and today I'm welcoming Carrie Veach. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Julie. So excited to be here. Oh, me too. This is so much fun. We're going to have a wonderful conversation about gratitude, which was what brought us together in the first place. But let me tell you a little bit about Carrie. So her business is called Set Yourself Free. And what I love is that she says this on her website. She's obsessed with helping others create lives of freedom after years of self-sabotage and victim ways of thinking and being. She is a high performance and mindset coach, and I like to call her a digital nomad because you kind of never know where you're going to find her, which is amazing. And she has a podcast of the same name, and she'll talk a little bit about the work that she used to do as a therapist. You know, when she first started actually doing this podcast, she did this really interesting collective format um, for the first three seasons of her podcast, and then now it's more focused on the business coaching, the online space, and kind of, as she likes to say, those dirty little secrets that you're not hearing from other coaches. Not only that, though, she has a huge focus on gratitude in all aspects of her life, which is really, like I said, what brought us together. So Carrie, as I often ask my guests, tell me a little bit about the story of Carrie. Like how was, did you grow up in an environment that encouraged this kind of freedom, lifestyle, gratitude? No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, yeah. tell me more. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely not. So, I mean, like so many of us, I think we teach the things that we have needed. And I know for myself, that is absolutely true. And I tell my clients all the time, like, I need this work um, because it has transformed everything inside of me. So no, I grew up, um, you know, and everything was fine. It was what it was. I mean, I don't have any resentment. Like I used to, I used to have a lot of it to be honest. Um, because I, I grew up with a very victim way of being and thinking and life was happening to me and also a lot of perfectionism. So you know, private school, money, a certain appearance and way of having to perform in the world. And so it was kind of the opposite of like, let's look at the internal. It was all about the external. Oh, goodness. Okay. So then how did you get to um, your your first career as a therapist? Did you uh, go straight into that field after you graduated from high school? Um, so I got a degree in sociology for undergrad and then I had 
about a year in between, probably, I think, uh, between undergrad and then grad school, where I got my master's in counseling and studied to be a therapist. And that career um, started out, like, were you working on your own? Did you work with clients? Like, how did that, I'm just curious about the time of the season as well, because we're in a very different season for counseling and therapy today. So when you were first starting out, was it as well accepted and needed and desired as it kind of is today? You know, I think not necessarily. However, so I worked at an agency. Um, I, I did very challenging work, to be honest. And I remember one of my supervisors and mentors was like, if you can do this job, you can do anything because we were working with kids um, and within the school system. And there was no predictability in terms of like, if a teacher decided the kid couldn't go to therapy that day because they had a math test, then they wouldn't get therapy, even though therapy was the thing they needed in order to perform on the math test. That is definitely difficult working with kids, especially in the school system, which as we know is definitely broken. So how did that work lead you to, you know, starting this podcast and working with clients? Did you leave that behind or was it something you started kind of on the side? So there were many, many years in between, and I did a lot of things. We don't have enough time to go into the full progression of my story. I sometimes feel like I've lived 12 lifetimes when I tell people all the things that I've done. Um, but the short of it is I, I did a lot of different nonprofit uh, type of jobs and work. I worked in victim services, gang prevention. I did AmeriCorps for a year. Um, I then went on to be an executive director of a nonprofit. And that's where I really fell in love with business and possibilities. And I didn't love the work every single day, mm -hmm. but I loved the line of thinking and the way of just opening up possibilities of like, Ooh, what if we ran it this way? Or how about if we got sponsors in this line? And I, I just really learned a lot about business through that, even though I was running an association for geologists. So it wasn't like exciting to me yeah. because I don't want to talk about rocks every day. Um, but yeah, so that's where like the short of it. And yeah. then from there I moved abroad and that's when I started my first online business. So that's where I learned about this online coaching space, probably back in 2017. Okay. But I was too scared because I was like, that requires me being vulnerable and putting myself out there. And like, I was not ready for that yet. So it's interesting that you went from like, you know, this really, uh, working sort of for the public health space, supporting others. And even in, it's interesting, even that you learned about business through working for a not-for-profit because often not-for-profits aren't run as businesses. So that's very interesting that you had that opportunity. Do you remember what the catalyst was for you to like say yes to freedom and to start to, you know, have this like online working abroad uh, lifestyle? I mean, many things, honestly, it just got to the point where I couldn't ignore myself and my inner guidance anymore, uh, is the short of it. But I mean, there was like one absolute catalyst of 
going, I can't do this job anymore. I cried one day, um, in four and a half years at my job. And I was like, Nope. And I couldn't quit yet. Cause people thought I was a little crazy, but I was in the process of buying a second house and I needed my job to qualify for the mortgage. So I couldn't quit my job until everything went through. Yep. But people were like, you're going to get a new mortgage and then quit your job. Like what in the world? But to me, I had this like vague plan of how it was all going to go. And it was honestly the first season of really trusting myself of looking crazy to some people in the outer world, like, hi, two mortgages and no job. But it was listening to my guidance and going like, all I need to know is the next right step, next right step. That's it. Wow. That does take an incredible amount of courage to do that. And, uh, so do you, did you end up renting out those properties then? And then. Yeah. So, I mean, the short of it was, I knew from the market of where I am, like I could rent out my house for almost the cost of covering both mortgages. So my living expenses were covered and then I quit my job and I took about seven months off. I really had been studying early retirements and mini retirements oh. and this whole concept of like living your life now versus waiting till you're 60, 70 years old to actually enjoy. Yeah. And I was hooked. I was like, oh, there's a different way of being. Like, who knew? Oh, I mean, it sounds amazing. It's interesting. You know, I did a similar thing um, many years ago. It was like a decade before you. I even longer than that. I, my first marriage was ending and I, my job was ending. I had a, a contract job that was for a year and it was ending. And so I gave up my house, gave up everything, like, you know, moved back into my parents. And my sister was working overseas as a teacher. And I booked like a one-way ticket just to go visit her. And this was in the days, like there was really like internet was just starting Skype. Do you remember Skype? Oh yeah. <laughs> Skype had just been introduced. And I ended up doing a Skype interview with a, uh, an organization in Switzerland. And I ended up getting this like job, which turned into another job, which ended up me living overseas for two years, uh, working at different camps and schools, teaching French overseas for two years. So I feel that like draw to like leave everything. Like that was the last time I ever had a corporate career was at that time when I, I left and went and worked overseas. And I feel that energy and it's a different time. Like you said, you know, you're still finding ways to travel during the pandemic, which I think is great that you can do so safely. I think that also that conversation right now is really important for a lot of people who are feeling like super trapped and like they can't do anything. And how do they be a part of this online space? And what I really, uh, you know, I'd love to hear about a little bit, like you say, you know, you're obsessed with helping others to create lives of freedom. So what does that look like when you work with a client? Like, does do, do people come to you that already have online businesses or are they like, just to help me carry, like, I just need to get out of here. How do I take my life online? We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day. And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode 
before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love, letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness and of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast You'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast. Yeah. So I work with clients, honestly, at various stages. And now that I've been in business a couple of years, I've, I've helped clients that, you know, some of my really successful clients have been entrepreneurs for years, but they hire me and then they double or triple or even like seven X their income. Um, so I love working with established business owners that have some of the, you know, the mindset pieces already in place and really just want to increase it. They want to build that multiple six-figure business or whatever it is that they're aspiring to do. Um, I also work with, with newer entrepreneurs as well. Maybe they're still transitioning out of their nine to five and they've had something on the side, um, but they want to replace their full-time income so that they can leave their nine to five job. Um, so I work both in group format and one-on-one, um, coaching at this point. And, I really just love to simplify business. Like it's one of my specialties and ways that I just, I believe, and it's the same with life and health. Things are actually pretty simple. It's just, most of us don't do the things. And so we have to figure out like what's underneath it and what's going on. Oh yeah. You mentioned very briefly mindset, which I think is actually the core of really any successful business is getting that mindset sorted out. And of course that's a huge focus of what, I do with the podcast and with my own work with gratitude and gratitude practices. Uh, You mentioned to me that you have found that gratitude um, is, could be transformative in business. So can we spend a little bit of time talking about that? Like I find sometimes, you know, there is a bit of a disconnect between gratitude and business. I believe that the two are very much linked, but I'd love to hear how you're using it. Absolutely. It has and continues to transform everything for me and for my really successful clients. You know, like it's easy to get down on ourselves. It's so easy to compare and play the um, shiny feed. My life is not like hers, whatever comparison. Um, We're all prone to it. And anyone who says they don't compare, I just you know, don't believe we all do it. It's just like, can you catch yourself faster? And then can you shift into these places of being grateful for exactly where you are while also holding space for more? Like to me, it's always a little bit of both and. Yeah. And that is like the secret of all secrets. You know, I, I joked, but there were a couple, when I was starting to build my own business, like I helped clients to get insane results very quickly in my business, like zero to 10 K months, like were my first couple of online clients. 
but I didn't have those results. Um, and when I personally started leaning into the celebration, gratitude energy for exactly where I was, the clients I did have, I started doubling my income month over month. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the secret. Like literally celebrate all of it. Be so grateful. And of course the universe wants to give you more when you are satisfied and grateful. Okay. So let's, let's spend some time talking about gratitude and celebrations, because I think this is something that myself included, we often don't even take the time to like really, truly celebrate successes. You know, maybe we're celebrating the big ones, but the little ones, you know, we just kind of breeze by them and forget about the importance of celebrating. So how do you coach people around doing these little gratitude celebrations? Yeah. So some of them, depending if if we're working one-on-one or group, you know, like I will literally have them every single day. If they're a one-on-one client and they're struggling in this way, like send me your celebrations at the end of every day, write out a gratitude list. It can be five things. It doesn't have to be massive. Um, I'm also running a group right now, which it's <laughs> so fun because we start every call with celebrations right. and I make every person chair, you know, like they don't get to avoid it. And they've told me they know, right. So they have to show up to a call expecting that they're, ha- they're going to be accountable to share. And then we also make commitments. So it's just that power of being witnessed, of having accountability, that, you know, they've come to, to know. And then the ones who really, really implement on their own as well. So it's not just like, Oh, I'm forcing this once a week on a call. Like I watch them and they're just, they're, they're hitting their income goals the first week of the year. They're, you know, they're just so excited because it's that energy. Like you want to, and you're able to create more when you're in that place of gratitude because it feels easier. Yeah, it does. It feels easy. like I find the more I talk about gratitude, the more time I spend in it, even just doing the podcast recordings, actually the days where I do podcast recordings, like my days are just even like brighter and shinier and like more good stuff comes into my life. So I agree that just even sharing it out loud with other people or connecting about it uh, really does change how we show up in the world. And you said something too, that I subscribe to is this being grateful for what you have and where you are now. And at the same time, being able to go for more and grow for more and desire more. I find sometimes that that's a bit of a hard one to explain. Like, how do we stay present in gratitude? But then at the same time, like we want more. How does that work for you? How would you coach someone around that? Yeah. The way I look at it is like, um, okay, let's say that you're running a group program and you really want 20 people in the program. Like, can you celebrate the first two people and be so excited and have them have this amazing experience? Or are you going to be like, man, I really wanted 20. I only got two because I just believe like whatever you believe in the universe, God, whatever you want to call it is not going to give you more people. If you're so like an ungrateful toddler. Yeah. 
For sure. That's a big one for me um, in the business that I do because I I do network marketing. I've done it for almost 16 years. And network marketing is a business where a lot of the times at the very beginning, you're not just not making a lot of money. Like that's kind of how it works. It takes time to build a team and clients. I think any business actually, but ours yep. just gets a little bit more under the microscope, you know, because uh, you know, we the way that the, the industry is regulated. But I remind um anybody who's new on my team, like we celebrate your first client. We celebrate that first check, even if it's like $20, it doesn't matter. Yes. You didn't last you last week. You didn't have a business this week. You have a business and someone paid you $20 for a new client. And we're so focused. You mentioned briefly as well, the, the comparison itis. Um, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember it. It was just like a few days ago, but in the podcast, um, they were talking about the fact that it's actually part of our it's the part of our brain. Like it's actually part of the way that we have evolved and that even other animals, uh, also do comparison. Um, and like, you know, if some, and the other monkey has like a better treat than they, then they get upset. So it, it really is like a very, uh, old way that we think. So it's not so much that we're not going to compare, but it's like, what do we do in that moment? Carrie, what do I do in that moment where I catch myself comparing my own thing to somebody else. And I think coaching is often something that shows up very shiny on the internet. So how do I, how, what do I do when I like catch myself going, well, I mean, that coach, like she's selling out her programs all the time. Like, why am I not doing that? Yeah. So one of the most effective things I find is you can either have an alter ego or a name for your inner critic. Mm -hmm. And because one of the things we're not taught and that I'm so passionate about is like understanding you are not your thoughts. You are not your feelings. And so I find, I haven't read the book, but there's, there's a book called the alter ego effect. I understand like the concept of it, right? So it's, it's giving that part of you a different name or a different identity so that when those thoughts creep in, when you see these things of like, oh my gosh, this coach is selling out this. Why am I not blah, blah, blah. It's like, pause take a deep breath. Okay. So Sally, oh, it's so cute. You're comparing yourself and like bringing a playful energy into that as well. I find to be really effective um, because oftentimes there's a lot of charge, right? It's like bringing up feelings of unworthiness, inner child stuff. Like it's a trigger for a reason. And we want to play with that and bring it down and also just normalize it. I think what can happen too is we're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I'm comparing. Who cares? You're comparing. It's all right. Just don't stay there. Yeah. It's like, what do you do with it? Right? Like, do you stay there? Do you wallow? Do you feel bad about yourself? But I like this idea of like naming the inner critic and like, you know, just making it like, oh, look, look, you've showed up and, you know, thanks for being here. But like, I'm not subscribing to that anymore. Right. So exactly. I like that idea too. That's great. That's, that's something useful. I was, you know, reading how a lot of what you do is not only the mindset work, but also giving strategies and ways that you can do things. And I think, you know, for our audience, that's really good to have like different ways that we can use these strategies when these things they're going to show up. You know, one thing that I personally struggled with for a really, really long time is jealousy and like from a very young age. And it's probably the thing that I've worked on the most as an adult is being able to, um, you know, it's more than comparison, right? It's like, 
that jealous feeling. And I've really come a long way of really understanding that my journey is my journey and it's not going to look like anybody else's. And we don't know what's happening behind. I mean, we do live in this world where everybody shows up on social media as one thing and we just, we're not going to see all the parts of everybody's life. And that's, that's normal. Even though I find what's interesting is, um, I was noticing lately that there's been a shift on Instagram is that, you know, the, the beautiful aesthetic feed thing, that's like, that's so, you know, 2020, right. (laughs) It's kind of gone to the wayside. It's being more authentic. And I really appreciate when you said too, um, that, you know, you had clients who were having these really big months and you were still growing in your business. So that says a lot to the ability to have the confidence uh, to coach on where you haven't been yet, but you know where you're going. So what, what do you think it was that allowed you to like have that confidence to just go for it, knowing that you hadn't been there yet? So one of the things that's really helpful, I don't know where I quite like learned this in terms of describing it this way, but I, and I still tell people this all the time because I ran a workshop at the end of the year of like how to hit 50K by the end of the year. And it was in a very short time frame. And someone asked me like, oh, so you of course have these results. And I was like, nope. And she was like, what? And I was like, I have clients that have these results. And ultimately coaching and getting your own results are very different skill sets. And I know I have a coaching skill set. And it's because like I can see things for people and patterns and connecting dots that they can't see. And so I'm just able to help people quickly with that. And I've just allowed that to be okay. Like if somebody's not going to hire me because I don't have the business, that's fine. Don't hire me. But most people actually just want their own results. And if you have a way to help them get those results, like that's all they care about. Well, and I think in a way, if, you know, when I'm looking at investing and working with a coach or a program, I also want to look with someone who can help me, the client, get a result. So often what turns me off about some different coaching programs is that the coach themselves have had these huge numbers, but they don't have a lot of clients who've repeated it. They're like, I'll teach you how I got to $10,000 months. And then you like do their program. You're like, but wait, there's that's, yeah, that's not going to work for me or that doesn't align with me or it doesn't, you know, you specifically had this that you did. So I really appreciate that authenticity around where your skill set lies and how you can serve people. Um, You mentioned when we first talked though, that you choose to start your day with gratitude, which is of course my favorite thing to talk about, (laughs) wake up with gratitude, right? So uh, Carrie, share with me or share with all of us, I guess, what it looks like when you start your day. Yeah. So one of the things it's funny, I was just telling a client this morning, um, because she was telling me how much anxiety she wakes up with every day. And um, one of the things from an old mentor a couple of years ago that transformed everything in how I started this of my daily routine was just to have one thought that I think intentionally on purpose, the first thing when I wake up. And so for years, for me, it was like, today is going to be the best day of my life. (laughs) And that was my thought and my go-to thought. Now... I had to train myself to think that way because my brain, if left unmanaged, is like very victim-y, very negative. It's gotten a lot better over the last few years because I really have leaned into this work. And I also do this day in and day out. So it's like, 
I, I just have to walk my talk. Like integrity is very, very high of a, a core value for me. But um, yeah, so I wake up, I have my thought and then I take just a couple minutes to like have some gratitude in my brain. Um, and then I personally meditate first thing in the morning. So I like to meditate. <laughs> I was joking with some people, but I put an eye mask on. It's like my key to meditating well. And I like meditating lying down with an eye mask on. And that's how I start my day. I perfect. I love that there's like a trigger, right? Like you put the eye mask on and that's to do it. And I think going back to what you said about it's actually our lives can be a lot simpler than we make them out to be. And so, like you said, the eye mask, put it on, then I start to, to, um, to do my meditation. Uh, I have a similar sort of new sort of habit connection that I made that's helped me. So I, I'm a former Ironman triathlete and, but also have not exercised on a regular basis for more than a decade, um, due to overuse injuries. And so I would start a program and I would get hurt. And usually it would be like a, you know, like a push up challenge or a plank challenge or like a fitness challenge, like things that actually I wasn't ready to do, but couldn't acknowledge that I was like my fitness level was basically zero. Mm-hmm. And I found a beginner fitness person on TikTok and they inspired me to start like really like seated fitness, which I didn't even like really understand that that was a thing. Uh, and I started doing it. And then what I did to trigger myself to do, I actually bought this person's online program. I never, I was like, I don't do, I don't like online fitness. I won't follow it. But I decided I really liked this person's like little TikTok workout. So I wanted to do more. So what I started to do for myself is I go for my walk, which is something I was already doing, come in the house and I change into my running shoes, like where my boots outside running shoes, and then go right to my workout. And that that's my trigger, right? Mm -hmm. Come in the house from the walk change right into the other shoes and go into the workout. And it's really allowed me to continue, you know, I'm about a month into this journey and I've been able to continue. And these little simple, it's not that I didn't have time to exercise. It's like, I wasn't making it part of the the strategy. And it actually is, it's not hard for me to now do my workout because it's just like part of what I do when I get home from my walk. So uh, I love that you shared that about your morning workout too. Do you have any other little things that you kind of do? throughout your day? Cause I imagine for someone who lives in different places throughout the year that your habits are really critical because that's what you take with you, right? You're always in a different environment. You're taking your habits with you. Are there other, any other little habits sort of stacking or, or series that you can share with us? Uh, good question. Yeah. For me, it's just like health is so key to everything that I do. Um, there's this quote, <laughs> that I shared today with a client. I don't know if this is exactly what it is, but it's basically like the older I get, the less tolerance I have for my own unhappiness. And I feel that as someone who lived depressed for the first like 20 something years of my life and like very victim-y and all of those things, right? Like I have less and less tolerance for my own unhappiness. And with that, it's like, I prioritize my mental and and just like physical well-being above all else. So it's as simple as like, I drink a cup of water before I have my coffee in the morning um, and making sure that's a habit. Um, You know, and you can just literally do that as the coffee's making or whatever. Um, Scheduling, I'd say the other thing, honestly, just on a, like a little bit higher level, but is scheduling the things like, 
I go to a gym, I, I do CrossFit and I, you know, I, I joined the CrossFit gym in Mexico and I did the same thing there. It's like, you have to schedule in. And then that for me is, is like prioritizing that because it's on the schedule. And if I don't go, usually there's a penalty or something that happens. And so I'm going to show up for it. I, uh, you know, we're, I, I know I'm looking at the time. It's time to wrap things up, but I, I just want to leave people with what you said, which is like, you're too old to like, let your mental and physical health not be a priority. And that statement alone, I think is one of the most critical things as we go into 2022 is that it's no longer okay to not address these things and not make it a part of the way that you show up in the world for yourself first. Carrie, you have done such a great job in this um, short time we've had together of just giving us so many wonderful strategies, some gratitude strategies with your celebrations, uh, with your uh, morning habits, all of these things that you do. And I, I really appreciate that. If people want to connect with you, what is the best place or where is the best place to find you? Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I have two best places, I would say. One is a Facebook group, free Facebook group. It's called Set Yourself Free Community. So come hang out there. And I'm also on Instagram at setyourselffree.llc. Perfect. Carrie, I truly appreciate you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I made a lot of notes as we were talking for some of the ways that I can tune out my own gratitude practices. I think that's one of the things I love most about the podcast is, you know, we're over two years into this and I'm always learning new and different ways to incorporate gratitude into our lives. This is an evolving thing. It is a practice that's going to change and shift and grow as we enter new and different times of our life. So I really want to say thank you, Carrie, and uh, best of luck on your next, uh, your next trip and your next travels. Thank you so much, Julie. I appreciate you. As you know, when you stick around right till the end, I share a little bit of an end secret or something about me that you might not have known before. Now, last week, I talked about my journey from basically being on the couch and unable to run for almost a decade to completing my first Ironman triathlon. And I shared the story of how I had placed second at my first race, which was actually a quadrathlon because it included a kayaking leg. Let's just say that the races following that seemed a lot easier because there was no kayaking involved. At the time, the only coaching I had was through a master's swim team. So I was part of the local master's team, but I did all of my biking and running on my own using calendars and things that I'd found online. This was pretty early in triathlon becoming a more common sport, so there weren't a lot of resources, and there certainly weren't very many triathlon coaches that were taking on clients at the time. The truth is, I wasn't a very good triathlete. I would usually finish around the middle of the pack or at the back of the pack, but that didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was that on almost every single occasion, when I started a race, I finished it. There's one exception to that. It was a heat wave, and we were participating in a fairly long race in Kingston, Ontario. It was a 40 degrees Celsius day, and it was a very, very difficult race condition for so many people. When I started on the run, I didn't feel well. I already knew that I was struggling from the heat, and I was on my way out for an out and back course, 
and I decided that I was not going to be able to continue. I found my way to an aid station that had army tents set up where we could get out of the sun and rest for a bit, and then I was transported, just in a jeep, nothing serious, back to the start line for my first and my only DNF in my entire triathlon career. I don't say that as a badge of honor. It's just that for me, I had a really strong mindset and that in every other race, no matter the conditions, I was able to finish. I will say that for many of the races in my almost decade-long career in triathlon, I rarely had to deal with inclement weather, which is really rare that I wouldn't have that in my races. And I'm so grateful that for the most part, the weather gods were shining on me for the rest of my races. Come back next week and I'll share with you another awesome triathlon story. Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.